Well, hello, and welcome to another one of my Dental Business Transaction podcasts. And today I have huge pleasure in introducing Rajiv Lakhani. Now, Rajiv, for those of you that don't know him, is the founder and owner of Dental Compliance Made Easier. And I have to say, it's a great name for a company, Rajiv. It does what it says on the tin, doesn't it, really? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Lily, and uh, thanks for the um, introduction. Um, so, yeah, as, as you mentioned, yeah, I'm Rajiv Lakhani. I'm founder of Dental Compliance Made Easier. Um, Essentially, what we do is we provide advice and guidance on all CQC compliance matters um, and support many practices across the UK uh, in ensuring compliance in, in all types of uh, regulations. Um, and we pr- developed a, a digital platform to support practices, manage compliance, because um, we all know um, paperwork can be a burden for practices. And um, hopefully we, we're supporting them through a kind of an automated system. So uh, it's the compliance uh, that we provide support with. And we're also specialist advisors um, to um, new buyers and sellers on all matters relating to CQC registrations. And more recently, we, we are also kind of um, setting up um, support for squat practices because that is a, a popular a theme amongst uh, associates at the moment, setting up brand new squat practices. So, uh, yeah. Um, that's a bit about um, dental compliance made easier myself. Cool. Well, look, before we start to ask you a few questions, um, just tell me a little bit about how on earth did you get into this? A little bit about your background and what led you to starting up Dental Compliance Made Easier? Gosh, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question, actually. And um, um, so, you know, how did I get into um, dental practices and dentistry in general? Um, it's, it, it is strange, really. Um, so after graduating from university uh, with, a, with a degree in management, um, I landed a job in medicines management, which is a, a pharmaceutical <laughs> area, um, and, and I work for Leicestershire uh, Partnership Trust. Um, mm-hmm. And um, working with pharmacy advisors in key projects, I was then offered to um, offer the opportunity to interview for a role as pharmacy's contracts advisor. Um, I went for the interview. Sadly, I didn't get the role uh, because I felt because they felt I didn't have the um, the experience for the uh, the role. Uh, a few days later, I got a call from the director of primary care to say that we've got the exact same role, but in dental. So um, again, here, dental, dental was, a, was a whole new world, understanding dental contract management, working with community dental practices, uh, managing performance management in practices, a whole new area. But I thought, you know, you know let me give it a go. And, um, and obviously, um, you know, obviously I took, I took on the role. Um, I, I, I sort of uh, moved up in terms of gears, in terms of my role. I, I became commissioning lead of, um, a lot of a lot of areas across Birmingham and Black Country where I was actually physically managing uh, dental contracts, um, performance managing practices, um, issuing contract variations to those who are looking to either move into partnerships, limited companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously um, moved up again into in terms of an area of private dentistry. Um, uh, following my role at NHS, I moved over to um, um, a large corporate as the head of compliance and managing 86 locations in total around CQC compliance. And that is really where I started to engage more around the whole compliance regulatory, mm-hmm. uh, working with the likes of CQC on a daily basis, um, you know, meeting CQC on, on all aspects of compliance registrations and also assisting them with um, uh, developing the assessment process, which was which was quite key for me because it really gave me a, an insight into how practices manage uh, inspections. Um, yeah. and, and obviously, following that that role with um, Southern Dental, that is when I decided to 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 develop Dental Compliance Made Easier because what I what I what I felt was that a corporate can have support with a lot of resources. However, if you're an individual dental practice, 
you can be left in a bit of the, the wilderness with regards to mm. compliance and CQC. And that's when I started to really engage with um, dental practices and um, almost become a form of support for them, really. Well, you've had a lot of experience in the background, which really sets you up well for it. And, and you know, obviously you have a vast wealth of experience and you've encountered some of the many frustrations that you know, we just get a small part of it, but to do it all the time. And I know you've got a great team. And, and thanks, by the way, for all the support that you give all of us, our team and our clients as well. It's so important, isn't it? Um, and I suppose that leads on to the question really is, you know, why would why should somebody outsource and get a dental compliance expert in rather than have a go themselves at doing the CQC? Now, I know the answer to that, obviously, and it's something that we try and educate our clients towards. But very simply for people listening, why is it time well spent and well invested in to get an expert to do all this for you rather than do it yourself and save yourself a few hundred pounds? I think it all comes down to time and also expertise. I mean, uh, what, I, what I've come to know, um, Lily, is that um, in a dental practice, a dentist, I mean, a dentist is good at treating patients. And I think first and foremost, that is their role. Now, you know, talk about compliance, regulatory, paperwork, systems, deep down, they just don't want to do it. So that's where I think where we come into, do, in, into force in terms of assisting dental practice, making life easier for them. Because it can get stressful. I mean, just, just, just to hear the word CQC, Care Quality Commission, can give you sleepless nights. And I know many dentists who have, who have retired um, from, from actually going through a CQC inspection process. So yeah. I think now, now that, you know, the likes of us uh, in terms of, you know, a compliance provider becoming sort of more popular to, to sort of individual dental practices, I think it's making their life a lot easier. Mm. And I think giving them automation and simplicity in their daily routine. I think that's what's helping them really. So I, I certainly think, uh, you know, um, we're there to support dental practices and their teams and we're there, there to make their life easier. And that's, that's, the, name of the, the, that's the name of the game. And, and, and you know, that's, that's what we're here to do. And if we can do that, then I think we're onto a winner in terms of helping, helping practices. Well, I agree. And I know that one of the uh, sort of uh, things that we advocate very strongly to people that are, are buying or selling a practice, particularly so, is getting that expert help. Because if you get it wrong, they don't just say, you know, rub it out, initial by your mistake. As we all know, you've got to go right back to the start again. And that puts lengthy delays on a sale transaction. And that's when the wheels start falling off because people get very frustrated. So get it right the first time round and, and get an expert to help you. Now, I've got a few questions for you from some of the team. When I told them that I was going to chat to you today, um, they obviously send you their very best. Um, but let's talk about um, recent issues causing the CQC application delay. Obviously, it affects providers and squat practices. So talk a little bit about that, the issues. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, the issues um, that we're dealing with now um, is causing huge sort of mayhem amongst CQC registrations, um, especially with those, most importantly, um, new providers who are looking to buy practices and also sellers because it's affecting their, their, their process as well. Um, so it is um, causing mayhem in terms of um, process. And, and transactions are being delayed. Now, now dentists are experiencing significant delays between, I mean, I always get the, you know, ask the question, how, you know, how long is it now taking mm. for a CQC registration to go through from start to finish? And it's a very difficult, a difficult question because it, it, it sort of varies. It's dependent on the priority of your application. And I think you know, what I inform them is that it, it can be anything between 10 and 16 weeks at the moment. And, 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 and that is the, the, the kind of the, the, the cause for concern at the moment, the, the, the level of time it's taking for applications to go through. Um, so, I mean, it, this, this points out sort of um, issues with regards to um, 
sale process. And I know uh, the likes of yourself, uh, Lily, and, 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 and other sort of providers, um, it does affect uh, the whole transaction as well, because there is a lot of documentation from a CQC perspective, uh, mm. a lot of timescales, a lot of, lot, lot of solicitors sort of involvement in regards to completion dates. Um, so, so yes, it is, it is a, it is a cause for concern. And, and look, look, CQC are seeing this um, uh, issue, and we have had recently challenges to CQC. Um, I think, I think more recently we had the BDA who challenged CQC with regards to some of these delays, and 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 they are responding to those delays. Yeah. But obviously, it's 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 it is difficult. And and what we've got mm -hmm. to understand that the CQC are under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, because obviously COVID-19 has changed everything. It's changed the world, hasn't it? And it's changed dentistry, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. And what they're, what, what, what they're looking at, it's quite important to say that, and because dental practices don't really get to see this, and we try and, we, we try and make it clear and reassure them, um, but it is, you know, they have got prior priority services, such as hospitals, yeah, GPs, absolutely. Uh, and those services are actually commissioned to open as a result of the COVID-19 response. So, Although, although the delays are there, um, talking to CQC on a regular basis and talking to, with their managers, they are now putting in place resources to deal with applications more effectively and more efficiently. But yeah. it, is, it is still difficult because I always get asked the question, you know, mm. how long is my registration going to take? Yeah. And what, delay, what is a delay process? And, and, and to be honest, it's very difficult, it puts me under a lot of pressure because I'm mm. trying to provide a service for a client and almost like I'm, I'm at the hands of and the mercy of the CQC. So um, It is getting better. It is improving, I know. And I know that the CQC are doing their darndest to do, to, you know, and they are bringing in more inspectors. Um, so that's a good update overall from CQC. We are seeing uh, improvements. Um, but of course, you know, those undergoing sales and transfers, uh, they can get help. Anything else that you can add to the to delays that you're seeing? One thing that I always say and kind of tips to providers in, in mm. kind of, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's guaranteed that you'll get your inspection if you do these things. But however, if you th think mm. about those that are going through sales and transfers, particularly those that have got NHS contracts uh, in place uh, and buying practices with NHS practices, I mean, one of the things that they obviously want more often than not is a comfort letter, uh, a comfort letter from CQC. Now CQC have developed a, um, a sales and transfers team to deal with practices who are looking to push through um, registrations because the NHS or because the solicitors are actually bombarding them with um, deadlines and, 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 and sort of mm. areas of those types of things. So you, you can ask for a comfort letter to kind of um, sort of ease your process through. Yeah. And that comfort letter will basically say, you know, we don't impose any conditions on your um, registration and yes. that it's going through an application process. So that, that is one of the areas where I think would um, uh, kind of give you some sort of reassurance. I think the other, the other area that I've been working a lot with in providers and helping them is around if they can provide evidence of any financial hardship, especially for new practices. I mean, obviously, new practices have bought premises. They're on a lease. They're starting to pay rent uh, on, 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 on certain um, locations. And if they can provide evidence around those financial hardships, if, if they've got pay letters from patients wanting to, to, to have treatment in that particular area, which has, a, mm -hmm. which has a lack of dentistry and, and, and patient need, that can be sometimes put through to CQC and they could um, foresee that as a kind of a more priority. But mm -hmm. I think it comes down, it, it comes down to in the end to what the CQC have um, designated as, as a priority application. And I think more mm -hmm. so than not, it is those that have been commissioned to, to open uh, a service mm -hmm. due to the COVID response. Yeah.
That's very interesting to hear that. I wasn't personally aware of that. I'm sure that my team are, but that's very good to hear that, you know, there are circumstances that they will look at it on an individual basis. Um, and obviously that, and that's good. And they have now the dedicated team. So that's great. Um, what advice would you give somebody that's thinking of selling? Perhaps let's start going really early back. So somebody's thinking of selling, but maybe not for two or three years. What advice would you give to a principal that is starting to prepare? Or we would hope that they're starting to prepare. They'll be talking to their solicitor and their accountant. But from a CQC perspective, what critical moves can they make so that when they're ready, they're better prepared? I think first and foremost, any any provider looking to buy a practice is want, is want to make, now that they're aware of compliance and, and regulations, they want to buy a practice that is compliant and it is it is performing well with CQC. The last thing you want to do is to see your um, um, practice performance on the website, say you're, you're kind of not safe, you're not caring yeah. or, or whatever it is. So I think a bit of due diligence and a bit of audit trail, being a bit proactive in your compliance would, yeah. would kind of go go a long way in your practice sale yeah. in, in, in the future. And that's where we've been trying to educate. Uh, and that's the whole reason we set up, really. We're not just there to um, support practices who have inspections. We're also there to help yeah. practices uh, perform better uh, in yes. the continuation of their dental practice. Yeah. So I think that is a key area, Lily, in making sure that the practice is compliant. That's good. And, and you know, and as the, as the title of your company says, it's dental compliance made easy. But so you're right. So people shouldn't think that they only come to you when they want you to submit their application. They can come in at any point and get your support and your help to make sure that everything is ship shape and as it should be. Because ultimately, when that day comes and they may not be thinking of selling for some considerable time, but that it's important that they get that in place. And I'm assuming that once they reach out to you, there is an information pack and you talk them through it and, and they, that you work with them to go through this. Is it an ongoing service that you, you support like this, Rajiv? Or is it, do you work with them for a, a brief period of time, then go back and inspect and report? How does it work if, if you... So it, it certainly is an ongoing process. So we have a, a kind of a model where we provide uh, support throughout their sort of continuation of their membership. We have a membership program and we provide them with uh, a digital uh, platform that kind of continues and maintains their compliance. And I think the key thing is providing them with up-to-date information. So when they do come to an inspection, mm -hmm. um, they've got the up-to-date policies in place. They've got the up-to-date mm -hmm. CPD requirements. Um, they understand all the HR implications. Um, so it's an ongoing supportive um, mm -hmm. measure that they've got with us. And, and, and pretty much, you know, if they, if they do provide, if we do provide support to them on a CQC registration basis, yeah. Nine times out of 10, you know, what we're looking to do there is to try to build a, a kind of a rapport with them mm -hmm. and to, to ensure that we can build some sort of long-term relationship with that practice. Because in the end, every new provider is going to need some form of compliance. Sure. Unless they've got a, you know, unless they've got a kind of a, an interest in, in, in compliance. And look, we don't mind um, educating practices who like to do applications. Mm. Uh, we, we don't only do applications for them, but we also guide them. Yeah. If they've got That's any good. help, if they want any advice, uh, that's what we're that's what we're here for it's not just about oh here you go become a member um yep. it's about educating them first of all uh, as to what it takes to become a compliant yeah. practice i think it sounds like a marvelous service that you give actually because it gives great comfort and there's that security of that your business is, is efficiently run um and i think that's an interesting point for a lot of people that don't think of it like that they just think that you're the sort of last stop you know oh yes get the cqc guy in you know so that's good to know about the service that you give. It's ongoing. And of course, as you mentioned, you know, everything changes and you can keep them updated with the latest legislation. Um, just going back to obviously with the COVID, um, any additional regulatory um, 
requirements been brought in as a result of COVID? Has it been quite heavy, the changes? I think certainly from a CQC perspective, I mean, they've, they've had to change their strategy in inspections. And I think previously where you were seeing uh, due, you know, pre-COVID, there were a lot of inspections being done at the practice mm-hmm. and physically, physically coming to your practice, assessing your, your clinical areas, assessing your policies. I think, I think one, one benefit of COVID, if I can say one benefit of it, is, is that it, it, this virtual way of working, and I think even CQC now are doing virtual inspections because they just feel they haven't got the resource. And also the safety aspect of going into a practice now is not as uh, seen as strong as, as before. So I think um, CQC have introduced um, uh, video phone calls with practices to support them during the pandemic. And they, and they do say it's a supportive call just to make sure that during the pandemic, have you been able to cope with the demands? Um, have you got your sort of um, COVID protocols in place? And also, how are you working with your staff? Because not only from a patient's perspective, I mean, staff have had to go through some sort of trauma in terms of being on furlough, um, not, not being able to work uh, for some staff. I mean, I don't know about you, Lily, but, you know, I think it certainly changed my sort of mentality of working um, yeah. in terms of uh, COVID. So I think there's been there's been some there's been some changes from a CQC perspective, which I think is here to stay. And, I, and what I can see from what I've seen of the new strategy from CQC is that they're going to continue with the more um, virtual type inspections. However, they will be visiting those practices with, with, which have cause for, for concerns mm. um, and, and those that have been reported either through complaints or any whistleblowing, that type of thing, really. So overall, really, you know, as you say, it's uh, if, if any good has come out of this, it's had, it has changed for the better the ways of working and it's enabling them to get through a lot more practices as well. So, you know, overall, I think it's a good, it's a much smarter way of working, isn't it? Definitely what I've uh, noticed. And I've, and I've also noticed um, the mindset of associates now, associates who are previously pondering and buying practices. Mm-hmm. I think they've now kind of almost seen, there was you know, COVID, COVID has happened. It's given them a bit more urge to actually take a chance and I think that's why we've seen an, an increase in in practice purchases yeah um, and also a, an increase in CQC registrations absolutely well I can mirror that of course yeah it's, it's true um, so overall do's and don'ts for the CQC process I mean obviously there's an awful lot that has to be done and, and I'll touch upon that in a moment but but overall what are the key what are the key do's and don'ts for people when they're tackling the CQC applications what are you seeing as typical culprits for causing massive delays or errors schoolboy errors <laughs> schoolboy errors yeah and this is one of the things i mean I, I did a webinar a few a few months back and um covered this area in do's and don'ts on a on a startup for dentist group and uh, one of the things i did mention was around your countersign dbs check um the cqc countersign dbs check and 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 i think this is where practices tend to find a lot of delays because because for one it does, does take up to between two and four weeks potentially to get a DBS check. And, 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 and the last thing you want is when you get the DBS check, it's either in the wrong format or you've put the wrong date in there or you've put the wrong surname or yeah. um, it hasn't got your accurate information and, you've, and then you've got to do it all over again. And that delays yeah. your application by another four weeks. So I think mm-hmm. it's very important to make sure that your, your, your DBS check is countersigned by CQC and that it is, it is within 12 months of making your application. One of the other areas of the DBS check is that, you, you know, a lot of practices just tend to put down working with adults on their DBS check. But I think what's important is that whether you're a, a practice that only sees adult patients, you're going to come across children as well. Yeah. So it's important to have working with adults and children because the CQC will always see that as a, um, 
a kind of a wrongful information and they'll, they'll ask you to do it again. So I think the CQC countersign DBS check is one area where yeah. I always feel whether it's whether it's very early on, whether it's a process where you speak to your, you know, when, when you get a buy and you say, look, you've got to do the DBS check, you've got to have these areas covered. Um, so I think DBS check is uh, an important one. And also, I think the other one is uh, making sure that you understand what entity you're applying as, because um, this is, again, a very crucial area. And, and sometimes you, you think you're, you're a sole trader, you think you're a partnership and you think you're a limited company, but actually you speak to your accountant and say, well, why haven't you applied as a limited company? So I think, I think making sure you understand what entity yeah. your application is going to be, yes. that is very crucial early on. Um, yeah. So that is, um, that is important. And I think the other, the other areas that you've talked about, um, Lily, is, is accurate information. And this is why I always say it's always important to do your due diligence to make sure that you understand um, personal information about yourself, even if it's as simple as your employment history, yeah. um, your, 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 your personal qualifications, um, because there is a lot of due diligence about yourself in the application process. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. important to do your homework before you actually apply. Um, yeah. And I think the last thing really for me, it's, it's, it's the CQC application, I think, is one of the most important parts of the whole purchase now. And I think what we're trying to educate practices about, yes, you can, you've got your location, you, 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 can, you can spend as much as you want on branding, on marketing, on, on, on equipment. But actually, if you haven't got your registration right, you simply can't open. Yeah, so it's I a non-starter, is isn't it? The, that is the, one of the most. So, so, so try to think about the application and the CQC registration very early on. Yeah. Well, you know, I've really enjoyed listening to you today. It's been really good to know about what you do and what help is out there. And I think overall, um, you provide a great service for people. If someone wants to, to have a chat with you, reach out to you, what's the best way for someone to contact you, please, Raj? Um, obviously, um, we've got our website. So um, info at dental-compliance.co.uk is our, our website. So we have all of our kind of contact details on there. Um, if, if they want to personally email myself, it's info at dental hyphencompliance.co.uk. Um, obviously, I'm on all social media platforms on LinkedIn. Uh, name's Rajiv Lakani. And if you want to get uh, in touch with myself and my team to talk about all things compliance, then yeah, yeah, feel free. Uh, I'm more than happy to guide and advise you guys. That's great. And, and again, one, once again, thanks for all the support you give our team. We must arrange for you to come up and meet um, some of the team that are in the office in the Midlands because it would be really great for them to meet you. Um, and it's always good to get an update on what's happening out there because what you do is very valuable. It, it's a huge part of the whole jigsaw of putting the wholesale together. Um, so thanks for your time today. I know you're a very busy man. It's taken me a long time to nail you down. We got there in the end. Thanks so much, Lily. I've been, it's been really helpful. And, uh, and, and before we go, I want to know the football team. There's a picture on the wall behind you there, which the camera isn't showing at the moment. But who do you support, Raj? Well, I've well, always been a Liverpool supporter. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a scouser. So uh, <laughs> that's been my football team. I've had, I've had a lot of heartache with Liverpool. So they're slowly starting to become a good team now. So um although last year wasn't very good but uh, yeah liverpool's my team look thanks for your time it's really great to see you again and um i know how hard you will work but uh, keep up the good work and um i'm sure we'll talk again very soon but thanks for your time raj all the very best thank you thank you so much Lily. take care thank you pleasure thank you for listening to our dental business transaction podcasts i hope you found it informative and remember that they're easily available through our website lilyhead .co.uk. You can listen to them via Spotify, Apple or Podbean or watch the video versions on many conversations through our YouTube channel. Finally, if you'd like to talk to any one of my team or myself, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We can help you with advice, 
buying, selling or funding a dental practice. So please do call us. We can be reached at dentalbrokers at lilyhead.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye for now.